Robert Half research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. I didn't know that. I didn't either. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. Interesting. Mm. That's why you need Robert Half. Yep. I don't think that's a person. That's the company. Okay, I was confused. Yeah, their specialized recruiting professionals engage with their proprietary AI. Welcome to connect businesses... Of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing, and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. See, at Robert Half, they know talent. I wish I had had Robert Half back in the day oh, when I was hiring. Okay. So, no offense, Sona. Oh, it, it, I feel like you did mean to offend me. Yes, you wouldn't be here if I had had Robert Half. Okay. Visit roberthalf.com today. How's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. (laughs) They've got stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed. Oh, okay. And cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. My name is Billy Eichner, and I feel mixed about being Conan O'Brien's friend. I swear to God, I heard I heard stomach acid. Yeah, there was like something like gurgling. <laughs> that, that, I, hope, I hope to God that came through on the microphone. I really do. Do did you? Did, did you ever hear it? I yes, heard it. Yeah. I didn't want to stop because yeah. I'm a professional. I love it that yeah. we got it on. It was like came right up from my stomach because I'm drinking a soda. Uh huh. And that's what happened. It when was I, fantastic. The thought of saying your name makes me physically <laughs> ill. Uh, my body. Can we? When this podcast airs, we're going to play it again yeah. right now. Now. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens, I can tell that we are gonna be friends, yes I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Okay, it's time again for Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend podcast uh, we've got going. Humming along. I really do enjoy it. I love it, actually. It's a lot of fun. And I have my uh, my peeps, what people call them these days. Uh, my assistant, Sonam Obsession. Hey, Sona. Hi, Conan. How are you? I'm doing very well. Do you, uh, is peeps, that, that's... It's kind of over. What would you say now? My BFFs? What are you guys? I feel like anything you, you say won't work. <laughs> Does that mean? Because it's I'm coming sorry. out. No, no, no. Because it's coming out of my face. It's coming out of your face, and it's also like, is that cool? It's like you always sort of follow it with like, is that what cool people say? Like you kind of just have to. That's, is that an impression of me or Frank Stallone? <laughs> Frank, <laughs> Frank Stallone. Stallone. Oh my <laughs> god! And then. Um, 
Well, equally helpful is Mr. Matt Gorley, the uh, the podcast whiz. How are you, Matt? I'm good. What's up, my boon companion? Okay. Well, what, what are you being? What the hell? Why are you? What are you? He's doing this weird thing where he's rubbing his oh. wrists like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. I've what are you? Got, uh, wood what are you doing? You got on my hand. You got a what? Wood stain on. Why my do hand. you have wood stain I'm on your hand? Staining hands? my fence. You're staining your own fence. Yeah, and I can't tell what's moles and what's woods. <laughs> You need to go. I was going to say that you have four uh, terrible skin cancers. And then I'm, I'm glad. I'm sorry, you're right. See, I didn't even see that until yeah, you said that. A, yeah, you are that's... covered in splotches. So how are you? Are you finger painting your fence? What are you doing? Are you dipping your hands in stain and then slopping it along the fence and saying, me make fence pretty? What are you doing? It's just hot out and I'm just slapping the brush in and throwing it up there and it's a mess. Are you a handy fellow? Uh, I enjoy it, that stuff. I don't, you know. You like to get around the house and fix yeah, stuff up. I like it a lot. Yeah. What is that? You just took a little piece of wood stain off of your arm and you put it in front of me. <laughs> it looks like you pulled a mole. Doesn't that look like a mole? It's 50-50 which one it is. It's disgusting. <laughs> and it's got arm hair attached to it and skin cells. That's gross. I don't want that. It's like, I'm sorry. I apologize. What are you, uh, on a, at a crime scene? I apologize. You're going to use that to track down the murderer? Well, maybe you're the murderer of my career. Wow. Nicely wow. done, Gorley. Nicely yeah. done. Huh. That was a big Take, leap. It huh? really was. Yeah. Really not at all. Hey, I'm excited about today. I'll tell you that much right now, gang. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Uh, we have a great guest. My guest tonight's a hilarious comedian. Uh, you know him from his show Billy on the Street. You know, I've known this guy for years. We've sent him on many remotes on our show. He's consistently hilarious, uh, inventive, delightfully creative, and I just love him. On July 19th, you'll be able to hear him as the voice of Timon in Disney's highly anticipated live-action remake of The Lion King. <laughs> with us right now, Billy Eichner. Thanks for being here, Billy. Amazing. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. That was incredible. They should bump up the volume on that. Could you hear yeah. it? Oh, yeah, they oh, heard no, it. No, oh, they, they don't heard need, it. They don't yeah. need to they bump need up the volume. Be, it sounds yeah. like we had mic'd your stomach. It really <laughs> did. sound like you're having a procedure. Yeah. Uh, I, had, um, I have some, uh, uh, some, what do they call it? Polyps. Polyps. Yeah. Yeah. And you're and what we do on this podcast, and this is a yeah. we uh we talk to people and as we talk to them, just so that we kill two birds with one stone, we also perform various surgical procedures, <laughs> yeah. removals. Um we did a yeah. lot of facial work on Martin Short when he was here. Oh wow, yeah. Yeah, we took out some crow's feet, uh we pulled that yeah. face back. It's yeah. as tight as a drum now. Looks like uh like a young Jane Fonda. <laughs> <laughs> He looks like Jane Fonda when she was 15 years old now. Right. Congratulations to Marty Short on his new face. Uh, Billy, I'm mm -hmm. thrilled that you're here. Thank uh, you. Thank you for doing this. Um, I've been such a big fan of yours for a very long time. Thank and you. you've always so graciously, you would do bits for us. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. And, and uh, we've had some misadventures together. I remember we went on Grinder together we did. for a remote. That was so fun. And yeah. uh, I learned a lot that night. You did. You really kind of uh, predated the whole like inclusiveness. Yes, thing. thank you. Yeah, and people always thought that was my idea. They actually 
oh, people used to ask me like, oh, how did you get Conan to do that grinder bit? And I was like, no, 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 no. There, his team. Came no, no, up it wasn't with even that. my team. It, it was, was me. You. You just, I was insistent. I had to get on grinder. Just wanted some dick. And then, <laughs> don't we all? And then I was. Then I had to go. Oh, it's a comedy bit. <laughs> right, we'll get Billy Eichner. Yeah. yeah, and that got me into the grinder community. Yeah. And um, no, that was you've. Uh, always done uh, terrific bits for us. And of course, everyone uh, first came to know you doing that fantastic segment that I love, everybody loves, Billy on the Street. What I loved is that there's a lot of people that do pure energy in comedy, mm -hmm. but don't have necessarily the comedic chops or the content. There are other people that have the content, but don't have the manic energy. You're one of the few people that combined both and it was fantastic, just fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so I thought, oh, this guy is really funny on his feet and also fearless. And so my first question was, I can do fearless things, I think, but I'm always nervous just before I do them, especially when it involves people I don't know. Mm -hmm. There's a little bit of shyness I need to overcome. And then once I overcome it, I can act like a total fool. Were you ever afraid? Is there anything that you're overcoming to run up to people on the street and confront them like that? Yes. And first, I should say, just going back, you were the first major talk show to ever have me on. So thank you very much. Oh, well, um, it was against it was against my wishes. Well, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, there was a quota to fill. Yeah, I, I don't have a lot of power at coming. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Someone needed to fill that fill that void. Yes. Um, so thank you for that. You've oh, always yeah. been so supportive. Uh, and uh, yeah, those bits I did with you. I went to the Super Bowl. Yes. For you when Madonna was the halftime show. That's still to this day, I think, one of the best things I ever did. It was um, so great because you're such a Madonna fan. I really was. It and, came from a very real No, place. and you know what? Comedy that's based on real, uh, not fake, but real passion, enthusiasm, mm -hmm. always works better. You know, if, when, if a comedian goes to, to make fun of something, it often, I think, falls flat. When someone goes, when you went and you were you'd built a religion around Madonna yeah. and you're going to see her at the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It was, it, it made all the comedy that much better. Yeah, it did. Um, and uh, back to your question. Uh, yes, especially when I first started doing the Billy on the Street bits, which by the way, people don't realize, I started doing them for my live show in New York and uh, I'm 40. So this was like back in 2004. Actually, this summer is the 15th, year oh, wow. that I've been shooting some version of a Billy on the Street video. Um, and I was making them for my live show. This is before, a couple of years before YouTube even came along. And so I vividly recall the first time I went to shoot them walking in Washington Square Park and I had to circle the park multiple times in order to work up the nerve I believe to that. go up to someone because I know this is like, sounds like an annoying actory thing, but it really is so out of my comfort zone yes. to do this. Now I'm used to it. It's been 15 years. I mean, you know, I, I got used to it somehow. And still, the mornings I wake up and have to shoot a Billy on the Street segment, I'm, I just want it to be over. Well, uh, can I just say something? I don't know if you can relate to this, but I've shot thousands and thousands and thousands of hours uh, since 1993 out in the street, around the world, going up to people I don't know. And... There's always a part, something in my mind that's saying they hate you. They, <laughs> they're going to say something to you that hurts your feelings. You're going to, you know, and it, it doesn't happen, yeah. but that's the fear. And I, I don't know if people can relate to that when they see these 
segments. They just mm-hmm. think, oh, Billy Eichner, he's not worried about anything. But there is there is a little bit of fear when you invade someone's space yeah. and try and do comedy. Yeah. They can shut you down. Yeah, everyone always says, uh, oh, you're fearless. But I always laugh at that. It's so funny because I'm so not fearless. Um, but the bit works. I do. St- I still think, miraculously, that Billy on the Street when it's good, still makes me laugh. Yeah. Somehow, even after all of these years. And I think it's weirdly, it's had a very strange trajectory. It's gotten more popular over time. Um, the world, for all of our jokes, the world did get more inclusive. Entertainment did get more LGBT friendly. Mm-hmm. I think Billy on the Street does have a bit of a gay sensibility, for lack of a better word. It certainly has a, a Billy sensibility. <laughs> um, uh, and so, it, you know, I love doing it. I love that people love it. It makes me feel good how much people love it. The people who love it really, really love it. And so I keep doing it. But, you know, it's an odd thing to do. I started off as an actor. I went to theater school and it's one thing to be on stage. It's another thing to literally rush up to someone in the middle of their day and force them to talk about you know, Kate Winslet, which is funny and also a, a ridiculous thing to do. Well, it's so great because so much of it is, as I said earlier, it's the energy and the speed. And you come rushing in and they don't have time. They don't have time. And and I think that's key because mm-hmm. we live in an era where everybody's media savvy. Yes. Everybody. But you're not giving people time to be media savvy. Right. There's no time. Mm-hmm. So you're rushing right in yeah. and they have to be themselves because they have no other choice. And people say to me, but how can you still do it? Don't people recognize you? But they don't have time to process that. Right. You know, they might recognize me. Of course, more people know me now than when I started. But I catch people off guard. That's part of what's fun about it. Um, and I run around with people who are way more famous than I am. We just did a video with the Jonas Brothers, you know, like all three of them. They're very popular, but when you're not expecting it, you know, and all of a sudden we're all in your face and I'm coming at you with the energy that I do, you're going to get a real reaction out of someone. No, anytime I encounter all three Jonas Brothers when I don't expect it. Right. It freaks me out. Usually, you know, in your bed. In my bed. Yeah. Uh, I'm always like, guys, no. Again, uh, you're so inclusive now. I, I really appreciate I want to be inclusive, but I tell them I'm in a committed relationship. I'm married. Right. And it's always the three of them. Right. And I don't know all their names. We right. all know Joe and exactly. Nick. But then there's another one, Leroy. Yeah. I don't know. Leroy Jonas. <laughs> Leroy yeah. Jonas. His name is Kevin. Yeah. Kevin Jonas. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... You know, he'll let you do whatever you want. Okay. <laughs> I'm just writing that down right now. Yeah, Kevin's we'll a friend me, of mine. Will let so, me do whatever I want. Yeah. Uh, so you did one with, I mean, you've done such famous people. Who are some of the most famous people you've done it with? We did a segment with your friend, uh, Michelle Obama. Michelle Obama. We yeah. did not have her on the street because that was impossible. Of she course. was still the first lady at the time. I hope one day we'll actually you also, know, be able to go Wouldn't there the be some part of you that would be, I'd be almost disappointed if we thought of a bit and the first lady did it and we were out on the street and I was dragging her by the arm. I'd almost be, I'd think, no, this is bad for America. Do you know oh. what I mean? Um, if she wanted to do it, I, I'd be up for it. But okay. I mean, she's so much fun and she's so game, as you know. But the segment we did with her was amazing and she had no preparation for it, which was right. a big feat. Right. Because at first when we presented her the idea, you know, we said to her team, look, if they asked for the questions in advance and I said, no, 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 we can't do that. 
Like, I understand she's the first lady, but we can't do that because it, it has to be spontaneous. At the very, If we're not going to be on the street, at least her reactions have to be spontaneous. Otherwise, it won't be funny. And luckily, they agreed. Right. And um, so all her, spot, all her reactions in that video are, you know, spur of the moment reactions. So that was obviously amazing. I got Letterman to do one. That's great. Which was great, which was for his show. It right. was for one of his final shows, and that was insane. I grew up watching Letterman. Yeah. He obviously created Man on the Street to a certain degree. Um, and uh, who else? We've had so many people. Will Ferrell, uh, Tina Fey. Now, who's your dream? Like, give me some dream people, people that haven't done it, but in your mind, if this person does it, mm-hmm. you can you can now ascend into heaven. Meryl. <laughs> Meryl, we've been trying for What's years. What's the last name? I need help here. Uh, I, I can't even remember. Okay. I think it's Knowles. I thought you said Merle. I thought you meant Merrill Haggard. Yeah, I meant, I meant yeah. Merle Haggard is the my dream guest. <laughs> I, I um, I'm not sure he's alive. Is he still alive? I don't believe he no, is. Someone's uh, checking on that right now. He well, passed then away I want recently. him even more. Exactly. What a big get that would be. We the ghost want- of Merle Haggard. <laughs> you want views on YouTube? Uh, the kids love the ghost of Merle Haggard. <laughs> they do. Um, and these are references, by the way, that will stymie a lot of people <laughs> listening out there. Yeah. But that's what I like to do is throw right. you a curveball. Learn about Merle Haggard, terrific right. country star. Exactly. I'm sure Arrested. he loved gay people. <laughs> Who knows? You don't know. I we don't know. I can't put words in the ghost of Merle Haggard's mouth. That's a sentence I was pretty sure would be said on today's episode, and it was. Uh, Meryl Streep, dream guest. I've, I've Now, why Meryl Streep? Well, going back to the very first season of the TV show, I, she became a real object of my affection mm-hmm. on the show. And uh, there's been kind of a Meryl renaissance in the past few years. But I actually think my obsession predated that a little bit. And uh, I mean, she's. Oh, been- well, first of all, I wasn't aware that there was ever. That ever an eclipse with Meryl Streep. She's well, always she's she's always been Meryl Streep. She has, but there's a bit of uh, in terms of like mainstream popularity. I think among younger generations, there's a bit of uh, pre Devil Wears Prada and post Devil Wears Prada. I see. Uh, yeah. And so, as a lifelong Meryl fan, I was screaming about her on the street from the very beginning. And she's aware. I have met Meryl, and we've talked about it. She's very aware. She's seen the videos. She gets it. We got close to getting her once, and it didn't quite happen, but I really, that would be the number one guess. Okay. When you met her, what was that like? What was it like for you? This is someone you've idolized your whole life, and then you meet Meryl Streep. It was actually weirder than that. This was um, Andy Cohen had booked Meryl on his show. And of course, it was Meryl, so they weren't going to have any other guests. He usually has two guests, but when he gets a really, really big star, they get to do it alone. But Andy also has a bartender, yes, you know, who does nothing. And uh, <laughs> so he knew what a Meryl fan I was and that it was an ongoing thing on my show to talk about her. And so he had me be the bartender. Oh, that's nice. For Meryl's episode and on live TV showed Meryl my clips of me screaming about her. So I got to watch her in real time react to me screaming about her, which was surreal and <laughs> While you were behind a bar. Yeah, well, I was behind on a television. bar. On television. Yes, yeah, on you know basic cable. Um, yeah. Hey baby, it's all basic cable now. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, so that was very cool and she was she was great. I mean, she's Meryl Streep, you know, she's smart and funny. Yeah, 
I'm not sure. I'm not convinced. <laughs> Here's what I'm doing. I'm going to put down Meryl Streep mm-hmm. and be a little dicky about her just oh. to create some something so that she feels she needs to repair it and come on the podcast. Right. So yes. it's fake. Yeah, I, I totally. admire Meryl Streep. And I've, met her her, I've met her a bunch of times and she's a lovely person, but mm-hmm. I, I'm going to just put it out there that, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't. Is she really an actor? I mean... Is it that good? I don't know. At the end of the day, isn't she just memorizing lines? Exactly. <laughs> she's yes. Not, you know. She does. She memorizes lines. And, and she's great at it. And guess it. what? They tell them where to stand. Yeah. And you know what? She doesn't provide the clothes or the wardrobe. They get yeah. that for she her. She doesn't write it. Nope. No. Doesn't do any of she that. She basically just shows up. Yeah. And then moves her mouth in a certain way that's been predetermined. Exactly. And then everyone's like... <laughs> There's really no difference between like Meryl Streep and Bob Saget. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I they're mean? The they're same. just actors. Did you know that Meryl Streep tried to get the America's Funniest Home Videos yeah. and didn't get it, lost it to Saget? Well, and I then mean, in despair turned to legitimate acting. And that's a true story, and you can look it up on the internet. <laughs> look, she has certain skills, but she doesn't have that Sagadian charm. No. <laughs> She is not sagacious. No, she's not. Um, she has no uh, sagatorial skills. Yeah, I mean, try doing 15 minutes at the Laugh Factory, Meryl. Yeah, you know? exactly. And you mean the L-A-U-G-H Laugh Factory, not the L-A-F-F Factory. Well, no, Let's she's not, not up to that two. standard just yet. I um, I think we put it out there. Yeah. Meryl Streep's a bit of a phony. Yeah. And if she wants to clear the air, she knows. She knows where to go. Billy on the go. street. Come and prove yourself for once. Uh, no, no, no. It's uh, it's the Conan podcast. Oh, I see. She's not going to do that. You don't think so? I don't think, think Meryl's she... going to do a podcast. Oh, yeah? Well, I mean. some. You know what? Some mm-hmm. people in the business really love it because no hair, no makeup. That's what I've heard. Look, from... Meryl's not Ben Schwartz. Okay, I mean, you know, I'm just saying, like, you know, you know, this it's a it's a podcast, you know. She's Meryl Streep. Yeah, she'd be. Lucky. I love Ben Schwartz, by the way, and I I'm I'm here. Yeah, I'm here too. Yeah, you know, I'm not Meryl. Yeah. So you're saying she's above what we're doing right now? I think she's above everything. Wow, yeah. what a lonely life that must be for her. Yeah, to sit on top with no one around you. Yeah. I know what that's like. <laughs> I do, in my yeah. own way. Um, to have that kind of talent that separates you from all else. Mm-hmm. Sonny, where'd you go? What? Huh? You, what? <laughs> Sorry, know, you, what? <laughs> don't you often see me as a figure that's uh, been elevated so far by his abilities and talents that uh, I can't relate to other humans? I gotta go. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. I'm okay. just going to back away Has from Has Meryl this ever microphone. done Conan? Yeah. Meryl, uh, Meryl did our show, uh, when did she, when she, oh, like, like 10 years ago. Oh, cool. And I think as she left, she said, this isn't for me. Right. <laughs> I yeah. remembered her saying that, which is very unusual. People don't right. often say that. Mm-hmm. She wrote me a note and said, it'll be a cold day in hell <laughs> before I return. Right. Which I thought was weird. Yeah, it was weird. Because it was on very nice stationery. Yeah. I'm, I don't know if she would like, you know, I don't know if she does like bits. Well, a true actor does it all. Yeah. Just putting that out there, too. Can we talk about me again? Yeah, let's get back to you. This was an only, it said in your contract when Mm -hmm. you agreed to do this that we had to discuss Meryl Streep for 20 minutes. I was wondering the other day whether Meryl had ever hosted SNL, and I don't think she has. No. Which is kind of fascinating. You'd think she'd be great at it. She she claims to be able to play all these characters, (laughs) but we've never seen it live. (laughs) 
Nope. Could be anyone. No, exactly. Now you're now mm-hmm. you've gone. This is look what thing. you did to me. I this turned podcast, you podcast. For- I have tried to get Meryl on Billy on the Street for like a decade, and yep. this is going to ruin it completely. Yes, it will. Yes, it will. Because she will hear this. Because she's a big fan of the podcast. Oh, oh, yeah. Right, she okay. does not want to see me in person, but she likes to listen to me. I'm told. Let's move on. Yeah. Tell me what you were like as a young man. You're growing up. You're in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of household are we talking about here? Are we uh, small family? I was pretty much an only child. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up in a small apartment in Forest Hills, Queens. I do have an older half brother from my dad's first marriage, but and and we're friends. But I didn't grow up with him. He was right. older than me already, and so I was very much an only child, obsessed with television. Uh, obsessed with MTV. This was like, you know, late 80s, early 90s, always obsessed with pop culture and and the entertainment industry and all of it. And when I was around five or six, it turned out I had a really good singing voice. I didn't know that. Yes. Well, you know, I'm in the fucking Lion King, right? No, I know that, but a lot of people with a bad singing voice manage to get themselves into these. That's true. Well, not they me. do, but I'm you not have a legitimate. Phone it in like Merrill, okay? I bring <laughs> Jesus, skills to I the table. I tried to pull you out of the Merrill. <laughs> well, I'm the sorry. Harold ditch, and you're back in it. So, Merrill can sing, actually. Yeah, she does it all, apparently. Yeah, she does. Well, she, maybe it's overdubbed. Who can say? That's true. Um, my point is, mm-hmm. you find out you have a great singing voice. Yeah. And what kind of singing voice? Like, just do I had kind of like a musical theatery Broadway voice, and my and I love Broadway shows. And my parents loved Broadway and off Broadway. And luckily, I grew up in New York City, and we weren't rich, but I was an only child, and they had some money, and so we would go see shows. We'd go see a fair amount of Broadway shows, and then I started to buy albums and and really get into Broadway. And I started taking voice lessons with some Broadway singing coach. Um, and I never ended up doing that, but it was what my main focus was. And I went to Northwestern. I was a theater major. I did a ton of musicals, you know, and plays too. But I wasn't focused on comedy so much until after college. It's kind of like a late bloomer in terms of the comedy scene. But you must have been funny around your friends. I was funny around my friends. I was funny in plays. I would do things like we'd be doing some Neil Simon play and I would add lines to it which you're not supposed to do. Oh, but right. I would like ad-lib as if I was doing a show that at takes, like Upright Citizens. Brigade. That takes real balls. Yeah, with like a show that had won like, you know, the Pulitzer Prize for drama or something. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to throw in a couple jokes here. I'm going to fix this yeah, problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, this show's not working. Yeah. I'm going to fix it. Yeah, exactly. I'm not sure the odd couple works. Yeah. Um, and so I would throw in lines and so and the audience would like those lines. And, I, and so I thought, oh, you know, I'm funny. People would say I'm funny, but I never... I thought about stand-up. Northwestern had and has a huge improv scene. Kristen Schaal and I were in school together. Yeah. And uh, Josh Myers and uh, a lot of comedy folks that went on to become very successful. But they were all in the improv scene at Northwestern. And I would go see it, but I wouldn't participate. That's interesting. Yeah. Did you ever get up into doing improv or no? Yeah, I ended up, once I got back to New York, I went through all the classes at Upright Citizens Brigade. I did kind of experiment with stand-up a little bit in New York. Yeah. And then eventually started writing my own show, which was like a live sort of talk variety show, which I called Creation Nation, which I did with a friend of mine. Uh, and that's where the Billy on the Street video started. So yeah, what you did is you did essentially what... I always wanted to do, and I think did do it the same degree, which is create your own world. 
Right. Create a world. exactly what I did. Yeah, and so you created a world where you have uh, the entire city of New York, you're conducting it, Mm -hmm. you're running around, you're putting it together, and it is, you've set the pace and the tempo and the style of comedy, and they're pawns in a way. I mean, you're, you're using them mm-hmm. and, they're, and they have great, uh, terrific reactions. And sometimes they're very funny in their own right, but it's your world and welcome to it, which that, is- how you- That's exactly it. And it's kind of like a take it or leave it situation. Um, and, uh, you know, not to get on, I, don't, I didn't intend for this to get so serious, but, um, you know, especially when I was starting out, um, and even when Dilly on the Street, the TV show started, they're just America has not been that kind to openly gay male comedians. And right. so the only options were basically like, oh, can you play the wacky neighbor on something and react to someone and not be able to center yourself uh, and not have your sensibility dictate the show, which I mean, I'm still a pretty rare person in this world and in our country at least in terms of in comedy and so billy on the street allowed me i wasn't just the wacky neighbor or the sidekick it's my show and it's kind of like get out of my way and if you don't like it then go away you know or i'll storm away from you something like that so no where else can you go surfing and skiing the same day huh I don't know. Or check out a world-class art museum and then camp at a dark sky sanctuary that night, huh? Yeah. Yeah, where else can you hike through Redwoods and then get a luxury spa treatment? Where? Well, you live there. California. (laughs) California, Sona. No matter where you go across the state, you'll find a way to play. I'm a California resident. So, Sona, you are a lifelong California resident. I'm a lifer. I love this place. This is a beautiful state. Gorgeous. So many different, wonderful ecosystems in one state. You can hang out by a Palm Springs pool. You know, you can go whale watching. You can go hiking in Yosemite. And then uh, talk about the great cities in California. You get all this amazing food, sushi, whatever you want. They got it in California. Hey, If you can't find it in California, man, you got a problem. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. I made that up on my own. Anyway, I love California. Discover why California is the ultimate playground. Head to visitcalifornia.com to start planning your trip today. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. 
You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Brian Needs a Friend is sponsored by ADT, introducing ADT Self Setup, featuring everything from motion sensors to Google Nest Cam and the Nest Doorbell with a battery or wired option. Your choice. Easily install the ADT Self Setup security system at your convenience. You don't need heavy-duty tools. And if you do need help, ADT can provide virtual assistance along the way. Self Setup from ADT grows, moves, and adapts as your needs change. You can add more products at any time, and your system easily moves wherever life takes you. It also features Nest Cams that can tell the difference between a person, an animal, a vehicle, or with the Nest doorbell, even a package. These things are getting so smart. Plus, when every second counts, you can trust ADT's 24-7 professional monitoring. You can view video of an alarm event and verify or cancel an alarm with just one quick tap. Now everyone can get trusted security from ADT installed your way with no long-term contracts. When the most trusted name in home security as the intelligence of Google, well, <laughs> you've got a home with no worries. Go to ADT.com today or call 1-800-ADT-ASAP. Google, Nest Cam, Nest Doorbell, and Nest Aware are all trademarks of Google LLC. So is this supposed to be funny? No, oh, it's okay. supposed to be whatever it is. All I right. mean, actually, it's been really funny, but yeah. it also can be fascinating. And uh, I mean, well, it's not this, quite that either. What's that? <laughs> it's not quite that either. Well, I don't know. I, I disagree because yeah. I find it, uh, if you're cool I'm to kidding, talk about I'm it, I, yeah. I have a 15 year old daughter and I have a 13 year old son, and they are growing up in a world where they very much have no idea, I think, that. Um, someone who's gay would struggle with being a, a voice uh, or coming out on television or on radio. They're just living in a different world, yeah. and, which is the good news. And I'm a good deal older than you. So mm -hmm. when you say, uh, oh, when I was coming up, it was a different time. I'm thinking, well, uh, I remember those days really well. Yeah. I remember the early, late 80s, early 90s really well. Yeah. And um I'm not privy to what it was like to have to say, I'm going to be open about who I am and not try and hide that the way everyone in show business did, especially in comedy for like 800 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I remember when I graduated Northwestern in 2000 and I grew up with very liberal gay-friendly parents in New York City. Like I said, went to see a ton of Broadway shows and off-Broadway, and we would see, I would go with my parents to see, like, plays about gay men and it, from a young age. And so I, it was in very rarefied territory when it came to all of that. But I, so they kind of didn't set me up for a world 
which was more, and an industry, quite frankly, which was more homophobic than my childhood had been. Yeah. Weirdly. You felt almost like... um, I was like, it's not a big deal. I'm gay. Who cares? Yeah. Because you grew up in a little bit of maybe a bubble where you thought this is kind of normal. Yeah, this is normal. Like, gay people were cool to me. I was like, you know, I was a huge Madonna fan when I was a kid. She was surrounded by gay guys. I thought she was cool and they were cool. My parents thought it was cool. I just didn't have an issue with it until later. When I was like in my mid 20s and had like managers say to me, you know, can you make your show a little less gay? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so, but I was always very rebellious. I've been given that note many times, by the way. Yeah. By the Jonas Brothers. I refuse to take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I know we're having gay sex right now, but it's still a little too gay for us. Even when I have Uh, gay sex, people tell me, tone it down on the gay. It's really hurtful. Yeah. Anyway, so that's a, that's fascinating to me that you are talking about recent history when a manager is telling you make it, it less. Two thousand six. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, you know, you can't place the blame on any one person. The industry was the way it was, still is in some regards. But look, there hasn't been a huge gay male presence on SNL or The Daily Show, or any of the, or on Comedy Central in general, it has just started to change in literally like the last two years. Right. And, uh, but you know, I started in 2000. So, yeah, it was a bit of a journey. I mean, I was very lucky. I basically carved out my own world. And what really saved me and allowed me to have a quote unquote mainstream career was the internet. Right. Because when the Billy on the Street videos prior to the TV show started to go viral, I could show these numbers to agents or people and say, hey, you think that this needs that this is for a limited audience. But I got a million views in a day and they're not all gay guys in Manhattan. You came along at a great time for you where you could make this thing. Yeah. You could completely control it yourself. And then people had to come to you. They had to say, "Okay, you win. Yeah. We saw that you got a million. You, you went, you're going viral left and right. It's really funny. You're getting huge celebrities to do it. And you created this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the industry still has a long way to go. I'm what I've been doing like the last six months. My focus has been writing this rom-com for Universal, mm-hmm. which uh, I've been co-writing it with Nick Stoller and Judd Apatow is going to produce it and Nick is going to direct it and I'm going to star in it. And uh, I knew we announced it a few months ago and people got very excited and, and that was very lovely and it was nice to see people get so excited because it's a gay rom-com, right? And it will be the first gay, if it's made, knock on wood, it will be the first gay rom-com ever produced by a major studio. And that I knew before the announcement. What I didn't realize, which like the blogs and stuff announced, which I didn't even know, is that if and when the movie gets made, I will be the first openly LGBT actor to write and star in their own studio movie of any genre. Wow. Ever. That's amazing. In the history of Hollywood. And I'm not saying that to like pat myself on the back. No, but it's exciting and I'm very grateful. It's a little shock. It's a little shocking. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So, you know, that that just goes to show you. What's it like uh, with your family? I mean, they must be incredibly proud. I think so. Yeah. Though they're great. I mean, you know, they're like, very supportive, very excited. Uh, they went, you know, for like I'm sure like for years they thought that I was insane and yeah. delusional when nothing was happening and then immediately got excited. And- I think <laughs> that parents are thrilled the minute you're paying your own rent. Like I, I really do. Yeah. I really think that 
my parents, uh, when I told them when I was you know graduating from a really good college that I wanted to go into comedy, I think they were pretty stunned. And then uh, the second I was paying my own rent, they said, this is the greatest decision you've ever made in your life. Right, right. They're super proud. Yeah. yeah. I was uh, saying before, actually, you walked into the room, we were chatting. One of your producers, I forget his name. What is it? Adam. That's Adam. Adam in yeah. the corner. He's He says he's a producer. He's a fan. Yeah. And what's he going to do? What does he produce a podcast? Was he hand over the headphones? Exactly. What is there to do? What does he do? He he wipes them down with he's Purell. He's sitting in the corner. He's taking notes with yeah. a pen. Yeah. He tells um, me we're making a lot of money on this thing. I've never seen a dime. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's very uh, suspicious. He drives a Bentley, by the way. <laughs> That's, you know what? These crazy kids yeah. these days. And uh, his, uh, his, uh, his vanity plate is pod for cash. <laughs> He's really exploiting this industry. He is. He's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, he is he's a, a whore. He's a podcast whore. <laughs> podcast whore. Really? He's pimping you out. He's pimping me out. I Again, uh, I have mouths to feed at home. And, that's right. Uh, and they're not. Uh, they're, they're, it's, it's been a tough month. Yeah. You have, you, have, you, you have your wife. You have how many kids? I have a wife. Two. And I have uh, two children. And three Jonas brothers. And I have three Jonas brothers <laughs> in my bed. In your and, bed. And uh, this guy yeah. won't yeah. You know, cough up the cash. He keeps saying, exactly. oh, you're share i mean how much really you don't get a big share on the conan podcast yeah exactly just do a couple more episodes just a few more to get us through we'll get jim carrey in here yeah we just got we just got pat sajak's brother yeah suzanne summers coming in yeah Yeah. we got a lot of good names coming in just keep the cash coming baby (laughs) exactly i don't know he's a bad guy i want to make like an american (laughs) hustle movie but about podcasting yeah yeah it would be loved it would love to make uh podcasts look like you know the way they always make drug dealers yeah. and they have um, they have uh, like uh, an entire warehouse that's filled with you know naked women stuffing that's cocaine so into bags yeah. and they always make it really sexy they should do that about podcasts, podcasts. that would be good and then yeah. there's the guy who comes in and breaks my jaw because I didn't make enough money and you're like you're recording a podcast and like fucking someone at the same time yeah it's just real. There's like drugs and money everywhere on this podcasting table. Yeah. There's drugs yeah. and I'm screwing somebody, but I'm yeah. also doing the podcast. And, yeah. and then I'm like, bring me another guest. Yeah. And then like, I don't know who, like, I, I don't know who, like, uh, uh, Wayne Brady comes in. Yeah. And you're snorting coke off the Jonas Brothers tits. Yeah. And just, everyone's just fucking sick. It's just fucking sick. And it's sick. like, you thought you knew podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's called this, American Podcast. Yeah. And yeah. it's just podcast. Yeah. Oh, and it just rips the, wrist uh, just lifts the rock up and you see the squirming yeah, the worms. Bitter underneath. underbelly. Sweet. I love this movie. Let's make uh, this yeah, movie. It's actually a really funny idea. It's a really funny movie. Let's make it and yeah. let's put our own money into it. Great. Adam will produce it. Adam Bring will produce his producing it. producing expertise. And then just as we're done shooting, he disappears <laughs> with the dailies. Where'd he go? Owned oh, his private island, Podcastia. Yeah, exactly. it's off the Isle of Crete. What a creep that Adam Sachs is. I don't know. Never Adam say much. Sachs. Yeah, let's get that name out there. <sighs> Him and Meryl Streep. Yeah, equally exactly. bad. My two dream guests. Yeah. Um. Anyway. Anyway, let's get back to. Well, that's a great idea, and yeah, I, I, I will rip idea. it off. Um, um, is it my imagination, or mm-hmm. are you getting a lot? You have always been a good-looking guy, but I saw you for the first time in a while at this event recently, and I was like. That, You've had, I mean, you look fantastic. You're like, you're jacked. You're I've, jacked. I've gotten head to toe 
plastic surgery. <laughs> Is Everything that it? has been changed. You look great. And altered. You look great. Yes, I, I haven't. But thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's easy. This actually ties into what I was going to say. Why I brought Adam up is because Adam went to Northwestern, as did I. A great school. Which Adam now? Uh, I don't know. Um, Adam, <laughs> what is the last oh, name? Oh, that Adam. Adam, yeah. We're still on that Adam? Yeah, the, that, well, yeah, I brought his name up. <laughs> okay, Adam Sachs, the guy who's ripping me off. Yeah, exactly. The guy who claims to, that the podcast isn't making any money Taking when it's like number penny. one, hello. He, he's like the Lou Pearlman of podcasts. <laughs> he is. <laughs> it's like crazy. The boy band guy who I yeah. think is in jail, right? Yeah. Or is he dead or dead and in jail? Who even knows? It's uh, the same I thing. Know. He's with the ghost of Merle He Haggard told me we're making no money, and then the other day I stopped uh-huh. by his house, and he has four Arabian horses. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're in here just totally nude. Totally nude. Fucking all of Pod Save America. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Coked so, up out of my mind. Oh, God, you're on opium. I've got clamps on my nipples. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm doing poppers. Yeah. I'm not doing amyl nitrate. It's disgusting what's happening in here. Well, anyway. All right. Just, uh, I but- brought up Adam because we both went to Northwestern, and this is a true story. And I love Northwestern, and it really was worth every penny. But I had to get my own friggin' TV show before I paid off all my student loans. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Like, that's kind of fucked up. That should not be the way that it is. I don't know why I brought that up. Because we have come a long way from wherever we started. Well, because, uh, no, because we are saddling young people with an incredible amount of debt. Right. And then the only way they can uh, make up the the debt, pay it off, is to get a camera and physically assault people on the street. Exactly. And then put it on. That's my plan, Elizabeth Warren. (laughs) Yeah. Um, uh, God, I forget what we were talking about. Well, you came here to really push Elizabeth Warren, I think. I did. That's why I'm here. Yeah. I want a Warren Trump ticket. <laughs> you should go. Be, you know what would be fantastic? And I'm not even kidding. Yeah. You know, the Republicans have, they don't have any celebrities. Yeah, they never have any. They never have any good they celebrities. They have like Chuck Norris. Right. And, and John Voight. And look, I'll tip my cap mm. to both of them. Mm. I'm tipping an imaginary cap. Sure. They're fine gentlemen, but, but the Republicans never have great celebrity lineup. Yeah. I think you should say- Trump. I'm Trump, Billy yeah. Eichner, and just really double down on yeah, it. Really you would get invited to the it. White House. Yeah. They would be thrilled to have you. That's true. Just think about it. And yeah, you'll take a little bit of heat in the community. They, what, on Twitter? Who cares? Exactly. Does it even exist, Twitter, anymore? I mean, what's going on? Um, a wa- Hold on a second. You had, had something you oh, wanted you, to say. Oh, you complimented my looks. And what I was going to say oh. is- yeah, I was bringing it back to that. I see what you just did. But what I was going to say is that, yeah, it's it's, it's ways, you know, you have people on TV and, you know, they put images of themselves on social media and all of a sudden they're looking better. And it's like, yeah, because you made money. Yeah. And like money makes you, makes it easier to look better. You can afford slightly nicer clothes that fit. Yeah, you have a trainer, you can eat better. Someone's suggesting clothes for you, you know. I always get mad when someone uh, is in an action movie mm-hmm. and they're being paid millions of dollars. And for the next six months, they're literally getting paid to every day work out with a trainer. And there's a chef that lives in their house. Yeah, and they're all on steroids. Yeah. And then they get this ripped body yeah. and they go online and I'm supposed to compete with that. Right. I mean. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm asked as a question. Yeah. Am I supposed to compete with that? I don't know. What does Kevin Jonas say about your body? Well, they're not fans. That's okay. Uh, I have so no. Doing you a favor. No washboard. You know what I did? I drew a solar plexus. I drew abs oh, nice. on my body. And uh, they ran in the shower. Yeah. Let's change the subject. Okay. Um, you are voicing. 
uh, a major role, Timon, yes, in The Lion King. Speaking and of fucking Kevin <laughs> Jonas, what did <laughs> you say? <laughs> Timon. 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 I call him Timon. That is Timon. the actual way you're supposed to pronounce it. it. Oh, okay. It's no. Timon. Well, it's Timon. Timon. Yeah. Yeah. Timon. But I say Timon. <laughs> okay, well that's you know probably offensive. No, no. I don't even know why, but I'm just going to say It's not offensive. That it is. What I've said, what I've found is that if you choose a slightly different pronunciation of a name mm. and commit to it, you freak out everyone around you into thinking they got it wrong. Mm-hmm. So it's like if I said Conan, mm-hmm. and just you put a little something <laughs> I'm there. Very uncomfortable with that accent. Yeah. Conan. Deeply uncomfortable. Yeah. Conan. 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 Uh, is it Eastern what European? Is it? I'm not saying what it is. Okay. I'm just doing a little bit of an accent. And mm-hmm. you know what? I think well, it's uh, I think it's region neutral. I see. I think it is so pan regional. So Meryl Streep's been telling herself about her accents all and these years. Oh my years. God, you have it in for her. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, but anyway, you're playing. I'm pl- yes, I, I am Timon in, in Disney's Reimagine <laughs> the Lion King. You just came up with another pronunciation. No, it's Timon. Timon and Pumbaa. Timon. It's, I, I'm not going to say it that Pumbaa. way. Pumbaa. Pumba? Pumba. Timon. Timon. Uh, you're playing Timon in The Lion yeah. King. This is a big deal. It's a it's a big movie. Yeah. Beyonce's in it and Donald Glover's in it. And me and Seth Rogen are Timon and Pumba. And we sing Hakuna Matata. And Can You Feel the Love Tonight? And The Lion Sleeps Tonight and lots of other fun things. Doesn't that, I, I have, uh, I don't have a lot of these moments, but when I do have these moments where I'm getting to do something that's really cool that I would have dreamed about when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I've gotten better at appreciating it. Are you mm-hmm. good at appreciating it? Like stepping outside yourself and saying, this I, this is amazing. In general, yes. Um, you know, sometimes you wait for people's reactions. You know, I haven't seen the movie yet. I saw a rough cut of it back in October, but I haven't seen the final product. So, you know, you get, you're excited. I'm always excited and nervous at the same time. Uh, you know, you want it to be good. You want people to like it. You know, it's The Lion King. I actually, speaking of loving Broadway as a kid, I grew up loving Nathan Lane, yeah. who did the voice of Timon in the original. And so, you know, I'm walking in his footsteps, which is basically impossible to do. Uh, but, you know, I you know, I want people to like it. I, I do think it will be a very unique and, like, spectacular looking movie. Yeah, it's exciting. Yeah. It's very exciting. I'm going to be so fucking rich when this movie comes out. I can't even fucking tell you. Well, are you, you're out for revenge, aren't you? Yeah. You're out for After revenge this, against the all people. All my enemies, that manager told me I was too gay. Yes. Watch your fucking face, bitch. Yeah. Okay? All because the, I've got Lion King money now, and I will use it. All the people that stood in your way, because mm-hmm. you had to make it yourself. That's right. You had to make it yourself with no help. Right. So once this Lion King thing comes out, I think it's revenge time. It's payback time. That's right. Time. That's going to be in our podcast movie, an American podcast. The prequel <laughs> to that is just me taking all the money that I make from Lion King and just fucking destroying people who got in my way. Right. Yeah. That's what the Lion King's all about. It is. Yeah. It really is. Circle of life. Yeah. You Circle. stand in my way, I'll fucking kill you. I'll kill you. <laughs> I don't care who you are. That is lion, the... human. Get the fuck out of here. All right. It's a beautiful story for yeah. kids. You know, tell me a gay man can't make it in comedy. I'll fucking kill you right now. I'm gonna go back in time. Everyone who got in my way, I'm taking this Lion King money. I'm just gonna use it to just make your life a living hell. That's a great way to look at show business. Yeah. It's a very healthy way. I would take the podcast money, except yeah. Adam Sachs has it all. 
I don't have any of it. He hasn't given me any of it. He's over in the corner there. I'll take my Lion King money. I will destroy Adam Sachs. He won't ever work on a he's podcast a, again. He's wearing work a solid quotes. gold Gucci thong right yeah. now underneath his pants. It's disgusting. Uh, who would even want a gold thong going up your butt? It's ridiculous. I would, but after that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'd like to try it for a while, for yeah, a weekend. for like a couple of days. No, but he is just, I mean, he's back there wearing this giant ridiculous mink pimp hat. Yeah. He's disgusting. just making out like a bandit with yeah. this podcast. Yeah. So I would take revenge, but I don't have the cash to do it. Right. Well, I'm going to use my Lion King money and I'm going to ruin Adam Sachs's life. <laughs> I don't know if anyone's ever said, I'm going to take my Lion King money <laughs> and fuck everyone over. <laughs> That's who, what I'm going to do. screwed with me. Thank you, Bob Iger. Yeah. Thank you. Thank what you. What a gift. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. You're a good guy. Thanks. You yeah. get it. I You're really the first person I've talked to. I've done a bunch of these podcasts. I think you really understand what show business is about, mm-hmm. which is we had pain early on. Mm-hmm. Then the minute we get a little money, we That's use it, it to fuck everyone over. Absolutely. This podcast started with me suppressing a burp. <laughs> and here we are. We've gone downhill from there. Somehow. Or uphill. I don't know. It depends on how you look at it. <laughs> the burp, that may have been the mm-hmm. slight gurgle. Of, of deep-seated resentments. That, that's what it was, the gurgle of revenge. Of revenge. Mm-hmm. This is a beautiful interview. <laughs> I think really, we, we really got to the heart of the gay experience in comedy. <laughs> in a, maybe we did. Maybe Who's we to did. say we didn't? Who's, I don't know. I am, uh, <sighs> well, that's another oh. mouth sound. <laughs> Um, this has been an absolute delight. I did promise you that you would uh, you talk about things on this podcast you didn't think you'd talk about. I really did, yeah. And that's what this is all about. Right. That's what this is about. We're, we're not here great. to just check off little boxes that you've checked off before. Yeah, what are you going to win, a podcast award? Exactly. There isn't, you know what? There isn't even an award for There podcasts. must be, actually. There isn't. Nope. Looked into it. No? No. Looked into it. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I did. <laughs> We recorded one podcast. Adam was like, we've got, we're getting a lot of listeners. You were like, what's the outlook for the award? What's the award? And then yeah. he had to explain to me. I mean, it was hard to get him because he was in the Caribbean at the time. Yeah, exactly. Apparently he has a bank there that he likes to <laughs> deposit money into. But uh, yeah, there's no there's no awards in podcasts. There, there will be. There must be. Isn't oh, there like someday. A, a we need more Webby awards. something like that. Nope, that's for the internet. Wow. Yeah. Right. There's a podcasty, but it's not for podcasts, yeah. ironically. Ah. Interesting. Yeah. It's for those uh, pods you use to clean clothes. Oh. Um, I <laughs> might be losing it. It's been a long day. Is this over? Oh, it this yeah. ended about 40 40 people ago. just shook their head yes. <laughs> this can't be used. You can't put this on Spotify. Oh, no, no. This or, won't be on no. Spotify. It might be on Stitcher okay. or wherever podcasts are sold, but I'll right. make sure this doesn't get on Spotify. Okay, cool. Um, it's been an honor talking to you. Thank you, Conan. You're a really, uh, you're a really good person and a talented person. You're very and, nice. uh, I, I have a lot of respect for you and I, I'm very happy that good things are, Thank are you. happening for you. Thank you. I appreciate all your support over the years now that we've been coming together. Billy Eichner, you're a good man. Thank you. you God too. bless. Bye. I gotta say, everywhere I go, people are talking about Monopoly Go. And oh. for good reason. It's an absolute hit! Yeah. I love Monopoly. People love Monopoly. And look, Monopoly's been around for a very long time. It's one of the oldest board games ever, okay? Okay. But lately, I walk around and I just hear like, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go, Monopoly Go. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? What are you guys talking about? 
And they say, we're playing Monopoly Go. You can play it with your family, your friends. It's a straight delight. There's always something new to do. Partner events where you can build on each other's boards and crazy tournaments with team events you can recruit your friends for. Or you can just compete to outdo them all on the leaderboards. Mm. And when you're not messing with your family and friends, Monopoly Go is always throwing new stuff at you. They have taken Monopoly to the next level. I didn't think Monopoly had to go to the next level, but they did. (laughs) There's timed events like massive multipliers for all your winnings and challenges like treasure hunts or money sprees that have fun new mini games. Plus, with tons of rewards to collect, like stickers for trading with friends and hilarious emojis that are perfect for gloating, there's always a reason to dip back in. Yeah. Man, they cracked it, you know? They did. So join the fun. Download Monopoly Go now free on the App Store and Google Play. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up. And I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. Let's get into what's bothering me right now. Okay. I was told, I was downstairs, we record this podcast at Warner Brothers, the studios where we make the show, and I'm very busy making the show. So busy. And they told me I had to hurry up, because Gourley has a hard out. <laughs> Gourley has a hard I out. I had a feeling so, this would so, get back to you this So way. I need to move my ass and get to the podcast studio, because Gourley <laughs> has places to go and things to do. That's absurd. I am Pavarotti. Oh, boy. (laughs) And I'm being told, yeah, let's hurry it up there, chunks. Because one of the guys over there holding the cable has places to go and things to do. You are speaking to Pavarotti. (laughs) Pagliacci is who I'm speaking to. Oh, God. (laughs) I can't believe you have a hard out. What do you, I mean, can't you call ahead and ask the watch fob store to stay open an extra five minutes? Can't you just wait a little bit to buy that Edison phonograph that you've had your eye on, that you want to purchase, so you can show your friends at the coffee shop that you have the Edison phonograph? I was so close 
to leaving when I had to leave, and I should have left. You should have gone. You know yeah. what? What do you have to do? I have a meeting, but You listen. have a meeting about what? One of those podcasts where you all improvise for nine hours? It's the Bibble Ibble Gibble Show, <laughs> starring Mr. Ibble Dabble Dooble. First of all, my improvised podcast is done in short beats. The whole thing is 20 minutes long. And really? it's beaten up into so- chunks, Wait, segments. so what is that show? Super Ego. Oh, yeah, that's, I've heard a lot of, like, that's very good. Yeah, I I've don't heard like it's the very long good. Guess what? what? The ir- irony is, my ego is so great, I haven't been able to check out Super oh, Ego. Oh, I know that. <laughs> I have not. I've heard, and I'm going to be honest with you, I've heard that you're, uh, obviously, I've heard you're a very talented fellow, and I've heard a lot of great things about Super Ego, and every time, every third time someone comes in this room <laughs> who's done a podcast or is aware of podcasts, they act like you're the second coming. You're the best thing since sliced bread. So- Look, I doff my imaginary cap to you. <laughs> oh, come on. But, yeah. but for you to have the cojones to say, tell Conan, whatever he's doing down Never there. Never said f- that. Whatever he's doing down there for television, <laughs> let's speed it up. Because I've got to get to my podcast where I pretend to be a walrus. <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Willie the Walrus. And uh, we're going to improvise. Uh, Give me an occupation uh, and a color. Uh-huh. What's that? Gynecologist and orange. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I don't even know what to say. It's- of course you don't. You're in the presence of a divine light. Oh, what do you my say? God. What do you oh say God. in that moment? You, you came just in charged. It, you just let it bathe over you. That's okay. all you do, man. I'm, I think that's the way to go. I think I'm going to let it bathe over me. So you've got, no, I, I, to cut to the chase, you do have another podcast to get to. No, it's not a podcast. He what has other things. You don't oh, know. You, you were lying about him. your other podcast? I never said it. He never said he what? had another podcast. Oh. oh I, so what do you have to do? I have a lunch meeting. Conan. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You have a I was drinking water and I really almost spit it out. You have a lunch meeting. I'm afraid to tell you what I have to so do with because someone I'm going to catch hell. No, no, seriously. No, someone who's, tell him. Someone okay. who's higher up on the showbiz scale, obviously, than Conan O'Brien. It's not a show business thing. What? I have lunch with my mother. <laughs> Okay. D- yeah. What? You should feel bad. Lunch with your mother? Do you want to hear how twee this gets? Because I'm willing to go into the lion's den right now. Yeah. My mom and I, we meet in a park and we sketch. <laughs> no, you're kidding. I'm not kidding. You meet your mom in a park? Yes. And you sketch together. My mom's an artist and I like to draw a little bit too. And this is how we spend our time. That's sweet, but you should have never I told know. Conan. I know. That's I know. so sweet. You, but I'm, I'm you told the worst person. I'm not oh, afraid of this anymore. That's a really nice Holy moment, God. but you should have never told Conan. Yeah. You know when a snake unhinges its jaw yeah. and devours a rabbit hole yeah. and it takes a while for it to digest the rabbit? Right. What you just told me <laughs> is something I need to digest. I know what I'm doing. Slowly. I know what I'm doing. He's now putting his feet confidently <laughs> up on the desk and he's got his fingers clasped behind his head in a no one can touch me no it's, i'm invincible stance. no it's not that it's i'm ready to die okay uh i'm just gonna let it happen no kamikaze pilot ever had that pose of relaxed here I've i accepted come. my fate here okay so you're going to i have to speed it up okay with my uh with my show and my podcast and travel no, shows. that was never the you case. Need to meet, hold it. Okay. You need to meet your mom in the park and sketch together. Now, did it ever occur to you? First of all, you said there was a lunch. 
There's no lunch. Well, we have lunch and then we sketch. Where do you eat lunch? A little Mexican restaurant in Whittier. It's always the same one, isn't it? No, but if it were up to me, probably, yeah. So that you meet, you eat together, okay? (laughs) And then you walk to the park or you drive to the park? I want to picture this. We drive. You drive to the park. Generally, yeah. Right. In your ironic... Uh, nine, late 1960s, Mm-mm. Woody Mm-mm. Uh, Jeep Wagoneer. No. You drive over there no. in your, let me guess. Uh, I bet it uses very little gas what you drive. That's I'm true. guessing. Just be careful because I drive the same car as you do. Well, you actually sometimes I think drive my car because you don't have a car. Yeah. And I, out of the kindness of my heart, lend you mine. No. Because your ironic bicycle only gets you so far. So you go with your mother to the park, and you two set up easels? No, we just have a pad. You have a pad. Well, no, we've each. Why don't I, why don't I you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to buy you each a pad. Okay. How's that? <laughs> we do each have a pad. Oh, so you misspoke. Well, I mean, okay. What is happening? <laughs> so Listen. you sketch with your, and what do you sketch? Well, your mom, your mom sounds like a good artist. She's sketching away. She is, yeah. And what are you sketching? Well, generally we'll sketch like a house in the neighborhood or something. Whittier has all these old houses. Cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Could you tell me exactly what it is, uh, where this is? Because someday I'd like to come by while you and your mom are sketching and I want to <laughs> hit you with a stick. Oh my God. Not that hard. Why do you want to hit me with a stick? There's work to be done. I work constantly. And then I hear about you. <laughs> I hear about you taking time off. Oh, and asking me to accelerate my schedule so, you can get, so that you can get to the park. Do you want to hear what the suggestion was? I said, uh, well, first of all, this was supposed to happen at 11.45. I was here early. And then I just said, I have to go. But you guys could continue on and you could do another Adam Sachs plays me thing. No. I, I, no, I don't no. see myself no, no, no. as We're instrumental not doing that here. Again. You don't we, need me. We did that bit, and it was fun, and it was funny, but now you want us to keep doing it so that you continue to get a check without a, working. <laughs> so you can sub. be in the- um, <laughs> This I is wish, my guest producer. Can I just- Yeah. Little suggestion. Sure. Okay. Okay. A little suggestion in the future. Yeah. You can lie a little bit. You can say, doctor's appointment. You can say, you know, I've got to go- what if I am lying and this is my lie? No, no, no. No one would lie about this. No one would lie about this. And I do want to speak to your, would your mother be willing to speak to me at some point? Oh, yeah. Okay. She she loves you. No, probably that, not after that this. hurt any at all? Does she really? Yeah, she does. She, does she And she doesn't you. mind when I, oh, she probably has spent a lifetime thinking I wish someone would rip this guy a new one. No, because she, I have tried to set her up. It's the same thing with your parents. I cannot get my parents to listen to a podcast. Yeah. For the life of me. Yeah. They still say the same thing, like, where do I watch it? Yeah. They my parents s- have an old curved top radio from the 30s, yeah. and they just are always twisting the dial trying to find my podcast. Yeah. And all they hear are old FDR fireside chats. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, she's a huge fan who's never heard my work. She watches your show, though. Well, please, that's a dying medium. Yeah. She, she radio. It's all about radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I will try to... I'm glad we learned a lot about... Matt Gorley today, yeah. which is, uh, he is a nice guy. He does his own yard work and his own, his, his hands are flecked with- uh, I know, I apologize. What looks like uh, all kinds of stain. Yeah. But I just thought I was in and out today. Like I thought we were coming in doing quick ad reads and a segment. And so I didn't, like if there's a guest, I'll clean myself up a little bit, but you know. Yeah, that looks like you just uh, strangled a vaudevillian performer in blackface. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, but uh, whatever. So has any of this since this podcast happened- Taking the heat off you, like, do you feel yeah. like a little bit? I was of a just breath checking my phone. I know, I saw I you over there. It was nice. Very. I'm in a. I'm fine with whatever's find happening. That. I've got to get a third person in on this. We or should fourth, just keep adding yeah. people. Yeah. No, 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 no. You've given me 
uh, a lifetime, Gorley, of stuff to work with. Already, already. yeah, I know. already, yeah. I, I thought we I were we had enough when you owned Eisenhower's telephone that from his good. from his summer residence. Uh, but yeah. no, you occasionally, routinely meet your mother uh, in, in the park, and you both a couple sketch. times a year, a few times a year. That's okay. why it, w- I, it was hard to to miss it. You know. Well, did you did you miss it yet? No, but I got to run. <laughs> Okay, let's 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 go quickly. And I, I again, I'm sorry that you don't they, need to no no. I apologize for having so much work to do to keep the Conan Empire afloat, so that all you freeloaders can sketch in the park to your heart's desire. I'm you know what I'm drawn today? Conan in a dunk tank or like being drawn and quartered or something. I bet there's something else you're drawing: a check from Conaco. <laughs> yeah, I should hope so. Well earned, huh? Yeah, really well earned. <laughs> Very nicely done. Thailand tweet, sketching. Tweet, 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 tweet. What are you sketching, Maddie? Oh, just, I don't know, little doodle. What's that in your back pocket, Maddie? Oh, it's a check I got from Conan. Oh, it looks like a big check. Yes, it is a big check. It pays for all my little indulgences. Oh, okay. Shouldn't you be at work? I should, but I'm with, here with you, mummy. I'm here with you, mither. I'd like to point out that you are literally sketching while saying yeah. this. Yeah. I know. I do so many things at once. What the hell is that? A you, di- what, did you walk up to Jackson Pollock? Nice. Hey, Conan. You okay? I know. You're so angry. I'm kind of wound up today. You think? You think so? I got wound up. No, I just am always, I'm, I'm always coming in hot. Yeah. You will back me up, son, that they- they're pulling me in a lot of directions lately. I will back because I have to schedule all this stuff. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm- I won't complain. I have. I love. <laughs> you won't complain. No, I won't. I. That was twenty minutes of complaining. It really was. Please, I'm not one to uh, find fault with others. <laughs> I'm not one to complain. I'm filled with contentment. I have the half smile of the Buddha. Uh, I also have the abdomen of the Buddha. I think. <laughs> All right, well, let's continue. Okay, well, um, we'll see you guys later tonight at our podcast home. Yes, we, okay. yes, where we all, we sleep in a uh, bunk bed, a triple-decker bunk bed. Mm-hmm. And we listen to our own podcast. <laughs> we listen to our own podcast. <laughs> and your mother's outside sketching it all in the park at night, which is dangerous. Oh, you want to know the best part? What? My mother's name. What? Welford. What? I swear. No. What is that? That's just an old family name. Can I register that I haven't spoken yet? (laughs) That Sona jumped in with a, oh, really? Stunned silence. Welford? Welford. How did her first marriage uh, to Thurston Howell III go? Did that work out? (laughs) Apparently not. It was only a first marriage. Does everyone call her wealthy? They call her wealth. Her name was, her name is well. So you're going to sketch with your mother whose name is Welford in a park. Yeah. In Whittier. Uh In Whittier. Welford in Whittier. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're an absurd person. That's not my name. My name is Matt. Yeah. You know what you are? You, I think you might be a figment of my imagination. <laughs> Maybe. I don't think you're a real no person. No one else can see I me. I honestly don't no think you're a real person. No one else can see me. Conan, I am here. you. I am you. You're, you I'm are. bouncing around in yeah. that I'm Jimmy, dome. I'm Jimmy Stewart, and you're the <laughs> pink rabbit. It's Harvey. Don't you? You don't see him. You don't see Harvey. You, wait, you don't see Matt? He's right here. He, I do a podcast with him. His mother's name is Welford. By and, a uh, president's phone. And he has Eisenhower. Howard's phone, you see, uh, it, not from the White House, from you his uh, summer a residence. He's he has a cafe.
buffet au lait while he plucks a lute. Your car he's should a, have a crank. He's a strange <laughs> fella. You don't see him, I see him. When's oh. the last time you cross-country skied? Okay. Your name's Conan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. That's not yeah. that normal. No. Well, it's normal now. Kind of a household name. Hey, uh, <laughs> Gorley, have a good time. My best to Mama Welford. Thank you. And um, <laughs> seriously, I do look forward to chatting with her. Okay, let's do it. Love Bye. you guys. Bye. Well, Bye, loves, Matt. Love you. Love you. Love you too, love Matt. Love you, all of us. I work with you. Love, love you. you too. Work with you. Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Sonam Obsessian and Conan O'Brien as himself. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Special thanks to Jack White for the theme song. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and the show is engineered by Will Beckton. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review featured on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>